Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The past few months would be a hard time to start any new job. And Corey S. Bradford Sr.'s new job isn't just any job. On May 4th, Bradford took the reins as the new president of Harris-Stowe State University. That meant leaving his home in Texas and moving to the St. Louis area. It means grappling with the major challenges higher education faces in this pandemic. And it will mean shepherding a historically black state university in a state that has a history of wide-ranging racial disparities. It could not have been an easy first month, and it won't be an easy job. But Corey Bradford feels up for the challenge, and he's here today to tell us about himself and some of his plans. So, President Bradford, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Sarah. So you left your job, you were at Prairie View A&M University, that's outside Houston, Texas, uh, to come and run Harris Stowe. Why? Well, first, I would like to say I am honored and humbled to be selected the 20th president at Harris Stowe State University. You know, I have great admiration for what Harris Stowe has been able to achieve over the past 163 years. And I'm just extremely excited to lead the next chapter in the university's trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, this seems like an incredibly tough time to be taking the reins. Did the pandemic cause some complications even just in trying to move here? Oh, of course. You know, we had difficulties, you know, finding movers to move as people were working remotely from home. And so that kind of delayed us getting our furniture here in St. Louis. Uh, probably for my first week in town, I had to stay at the Chase Park Plaza uh, for the first week. <laughs> you were probably one of the only guests there as, as this <laughs> pandemic is going on. I know hotels have just been defi- decimated. Were you you the one room that was full? Uh, well, yeah, it was kind of empty at the hotel, but we made do. So I want to thank the people at the Chase Park Plaza. They did an excellent job. And your furniture has arrived. Yes, it has arrived. Now, I think a really important thing about you uh, that I want to talk about is you are actually a St. Louis guy. You knew what you were getting into um, as far as the city goes when you took that job. Um, Grew up here, but you also spent a number of years at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. So very curious, did you end up deciding to move back to the Illinois side of town or are you here in Missouri? No, I'm actually here in Missouri. Me and my wife, we actually found a home in Chesterfield, Missouri. So we stand right outside of the St. Louis area. So your loyalty uh, is, is not to Edwardsville, that area? Uh, no, actually, you know, my wife is from East St. Louis. So we're, we're comfortable on both sides. And, and of course, we both went to uh, school at Edwardsville. And even before that, um, as we said, you did grow up in the St. Louis area. I've got to ask this question. Uh, where did you go to high school? I went to the Academy of Math and Science. Right now, people might know it as Gateway Tech Technology. Uh, so uh, to all my AMS classmates out there, I want to say hello. <laughs> so you were attracted to math even then. I know you studied math as an undergrad, too. What about that field is appealing to you? Well, you know, it started for me like in second grade with a, a school teacher. I, I lived out in University City, and he really got me interested in mathematics. I just found that that was my calling in life. You know, that was, that was, I considered that to be my special gift. 
And from there on, you know, I've earned two degrees in mathematics, and my wife is a biology major, so you just have a STEM family. <laughs> and that's great. I mean, I, it feels like these days that's really the direction everybody's moving is, is we need to care more about STEM. And it feels like for young people it can be maybe harder to get them into math and science sometimes. What about this teacher, do you think, um, ended up setting you on that course? I, I think it was his passion for math and science. And so we want to make sure that we get talented teachers in our classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's where Harris Stowe can stand out. You know, Harris Stowe has a long, rich history of producing teachers. And so we really want to be strong in providing the local schools with outstanding teachers who are strong in math and science. And so that's one of my focus that we want to try to improve the pipeline of school teachers that come from Harris Stowe that will have the skill set to enhance uh, the, the math and science of our school kids today. How important do you think it is for kids growing up today to have um, teachers who look like them, uh, teachers who are people of color, um, uh, you know, and not just uh, white people who maybe don't share that cultural heritage? Well, you know, that is extremely important, you know, because I think Harris Stowe can help with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a chance to talk with a lot of school superintendents, and I think Harris Stowe can help meet the needs of teaching shortages for minority teachers in our local school districts. We have programs to grow your own teachers. We have accelerated teaching certification programs for professionals who wish to become a teacher. And we have an urban training institute for professional development of school teachers so they know how to better deal with minority students and address any special needs they may have. Hmm. So your graduates are coming out ready to, to hit the ground running for those jobs. Ex exactly. That's, that's our whole purpose here is to, to produce tomorrow's teachers for today's students. Hmm. So I'm going to go back to your um, interest in math and numbers here for a moment. Um, your job at, at Prairie View, you were the, the chief financial officer, and it feels like higher education is just under assault um, in terms of its business model from a, a variety of corners these days. Um, how did the financial challenges there compare to the ones that you see ahead for Harris Stowe? Well, I have over 26 plus years of higher education experience. I spent my first 17 years within the Southern Illinois University system in various leadership roles in business and finance. And then the last nine years, I have served as the CFO at uh, Purdue A&M University. Uh, you know, financial challenges exist uh, everywhere, and you have to manage your resources that you have available to you. Mm -hmm. uh, at Prairie View, we were able to achieve a, a lot of significant advances uh, for the institution, including building over like $350 million in capital improvements. Wow. We, we grew revenues over 50% while I was there. We built up record reserves and endowment balances, and then we added new faculty and new academic programs. We really changed things for the better at Prairie View. And I'm looking forward to doing similar things here at Harris Stowe. Do you think um, capital-type campaigns, adding some new buildings, is that going to be a big focus, or is the campus pretty well-equipped at this point? Well, definitely, we need to grow. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to grow, we truly need a new STEM building here at Harris Stowe. I think our focus on STEM 
has been increasing. The number of biology majors and mathematics majors at Harris Stowe has been growing. You know, we really want to be a vital resource to help meeting the regional's ongoing workforce needs. You know, Harris Stowe has a focus on STEM education and for people attaining degrees in those fields. We want to establish a workforce development pipeline for the high-tech STEM companies in the area like NGA, Cortex, and T-Rex. You know, there's a lot of startups in this community. I got to say, you are definitely up to speed on everything that has happened in St. Louis in the past decade. I, I don't think I would ever uh, realize that you had spent nine, ten years down in Texas, um, as opposed to paying attention to all the local things happening in the economy. Did you have to sort of get up to speed on everything going on here? Well, you know, like I said, St. Louis is my hometown, so I'm aware of its strengths and its challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm rightfully proud of what Harris Stowe has done over the years in terms of service and leadership in the region. Uh, simply stated, we're here for our community. We want to see our community and state grow and to be prosperous. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is to, to explore more opportunities to partner with the business community, the local schools, civic organizations, and foundations in the region so that we can find solutions to our problems You know, in our community, whether it's poverty, crime, racial tension, policing, employment opportunities, you know, underfunding the public schools or rebuilding our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, working together, we can make our community better for everyone. You've also said that a big focus for you is going to be expanding educational access. I find myself wondering, do you think there's kids these days who should go to college and don't? Sometimes it feels like it's just the opposite. They end up dropping out after a year or two, and then they're on the hook for so much student loan debt. You feel like we have an underserved population here in in, uh, Missouri and in St. Louis? I do. You know, part of my vision includes expanding educational access for more students in the region, I want to see more people, particularly the underserved, obtaining a college education. While I recognize that not all citizens need to go to college, trade schools are a good option for some students. But I think Harris Stowe is well positioned to help students address this need by offering their high quality education at affordable price. Um, go ahead. Oh, um, uh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, I just think we will work with students where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we will offer more early college opportunities in disadvantaged school districts. We will encourage more students to go through an alternative pathway with our community college partnerships and finish with us later. And so- then we will look to work to reclaim those students who stopped out and to have them to return to complete their degree. For us, the goal is to help the students to attain a degree, no matter their path to achieving their dream. Mm -hmm. So you see, maybe for some of these students, it might take a a year or two at a community college, but you're going to welcome them with, with open arms when they're ready for you. Exactly. Now, there's been a lot of talk in this pandemic about how e-learning is going to be shaking up higher education. I've seen both people saying that this could really um, expand the kind of access that that you're talking about there. It could make things more affordable. I've also heard people saying this could pop the the entire economic model for higher education. How do do you feel about e-learning? Do you think this is a positive development if we end up trying to do more online type classes? I, I think it can be both. I think for some students, uh, they're going to be able to take advantage of online courses. 
but there are other students out there who do best in a face-to-face -face type of learning model. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be careful to have a balance. And so that's what we're doing at, at Harris Stowe. I challenged our academic leadership team to consider a, a variety of delivery formats for our students to include online classes, hybrid classes, and some face-to-face -face social distancing classes. Hmm. This will give students the option to choose their preferred instructional delivery method to complete their degree program. I was intrigued to see that on May 18th already, I guess at that point you'd, you'd been in office for about uh, two weeks as president, that Harris Stowe announced it would be resuming in-person instruction this fall. And it, it felt like at that point a lot of places were sort of waffling and wavering and they didn't want to say which way they were going. Um, what gave you the confidence to go ahead and say, yeah, we're going to have an in-person component come fall? Well, I mean, all of it, you know, can change, sure. right? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> totally fair to say. Depending on the circumstances. <laughs> but we had to start planning early. We had to start thinking about how can we open safely, right? Because that's the most critically important thing to do. How can we do it in a safe way? So we started that planning process a lot earlier. Uh, we, we established a, a COVID-19 task force. And we're going to be presenting a plan to our board at our next uh, June board meeting. Okay. How worried are you about this idea of the second wave? Or as some people say, hey, maybe we haven't even hit the peak of this first wave yet in Missouri, uh, that, that cases could spike and you might have to retreat. Yeah, there is worry there. But, you know, we, we're depending on our state and health authorities to keep us informed. But that possibility does exist for a second wave in late fall. And we might have to adjust our calendar. So maybe not have a fall break and students can go home after the uh, Thanksgiving break and, and resume classes online after that. Okay, so you're ready to pivot if need be. Yes, correct. <laughs> but, but you're planning. You're planning to have students on that campus um, if things don't go south. Yes. Okay. So uh, the coronavirus, that's been one big issue everybody's grappling with. Um, the other thing that's really in the news lately in St. Louis and in cities across the U.S., protests are filling the streets right now. Uh, you're a black man. I'm wondering what's going through your mind as you see this happening. Well, you know, I definitely was disturbed by what had happened in our country. And I think we really need to all do some self-reflection, right? Because I truly believe that we are all equal under God. And we need to learn how to treat each other with the respect and dignity that everyone deserves. You know, we're all in this together. And I think when we unite, we are stronger as a nation. You know, and I have confidence in America that we will eventually get over this, you know, if we are willing to do this together. And that's the key. Do you think this movement um, that has so many people um, taking to the streets, that this could end up being a boon for historically black colleges like Harris Stowe, that, that people will um, have a, sort of a renewed passion towards making sure that they stay strong? Well, I hope so, because HBCUs have played a critical role in America's development. It has truly helped develop a black middle class in America. Uh, today's 
professionals. Many of them come from HBCUs, whether they're doctors or lawyers. Uh, they've all attended HBCUs. Most of our national leaders have some experience with HBCUs. So I hope that there is a strong support to, to fund HBCUs properly, you know, in our state and across this nation. You know, I hope people consider donating to an HBCU because what we do is we change lives for the better. Mm -hmm. And so we'll take a student that others may not consider and we'll help to make them successful. And do you think there needs to be a greater understanding of, of the role that historically black colleges and universities play within the Missouri legislature? Do you, do you get the sense they get it? I do, I do, and that's part of my job, is to educate them on the role that we play. Uh, a lot of our students, they don't come from a traditional background. Like my kids, you know, they came from two parents that have PhDs. They were able to graduate college in three years. Mm -hmm. They had every advantage possible to them, okay? Mm -hmm. But another student who comes from a poor background, never been to college before, they might find college difficult to navigate, right? And so you have to have that understanding. You know, I, I was that kid. I came from a very humble beginning. And so I had to navigate my way through college. It wasn't set up for me to just fly through college mm -hmm. like it was for my kids. And so you have to have that understanding and have that empathy to understand what we're dealing with to help students overcome a lot of barriers. And you feel like Harris Stowe, you're positioned right there. You guys are ready to do that. Of course. That's, that's what we do. We, we try to provide a caring environment for our students to let them know that we want to see them successful. What I tell students, you can quit a lot of things in your life. You can quit smoking, drinking, girlfriend or boyfriend, but don't quit college. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually the perfect note for us to end on today. So President Corey Bradford Sr. of Harris Stowe State University, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thank you so much, Sarah. Take care. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.